I'm Rachel, the creative director for Ram Dass's Love Serve Remember Foundation, and I'd like to welcome you to our Inner Academy, a virtual Dharma Hall where our family of wisdom teachers will help you navigate your daily life by bringing ancient wisdom into a modern context. With over 200 hours of audio and video teachings, meditations, and practices from teachers like Ram Dass, Krishna Dass, Sharon Salzberg, Jack Kornfield, Roshi Joan Halifax, Joseph Goldstein, and many more, the Inner Academy is your core resource for finding balance, presence, and navigating the ups and downs of your daily life. The Inner Academy has guidance for every step of your journey. Choose from an annual or monthly membership and gain access to past and future courses, retreat replays, virtual community, and much more. If you've been familiar with Love Server Member Foundation for a while, you'll know that most of our offerings are given freely or on a sliding scale basis. So when you subscribe to the Inner Academy, you're paying it forward and bolstering our ability to continue creating accessible offerings for all in the future, as Ramdas wished for us to do. Be here now and start your journey with Ramdas's Inner Academy today. For more, visit ramdas.org forward slash Inner Academy. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. There's no escaping suffering. That's the number one truth. This world is filled with it. We can develop a way to live in the world that that changes our the way we react to difficult and painful circumstances. Welcome to the Krishna Das Pilgrim Heart Hour. In this podcast, Krishna Das shares his warm hearted and down to earth path to the divine. If you are interested in supporting Krishna Das's podcast, please go to BeHereNowNetwork.com slash KD. Okay. As I told you last week, uh, this is the Durga Puja time, <clears throat> um, a very wonderful time in India. 
uh, especially where I lived mostly up in the mountains. I was there for Durga Puja for, well, the first time I was in India, the first three years. Sorry. The, um, I was up there for Durga Puja. And um, it's just uh, a great time. Very sweet time. And there's uh, every day for nine days, there's this uh, fire ceremony, a havan, yagya. And all day long, they're offering into the fire swaha, reciting the Durga Saptasati. And uh, this book here, I got in the old days in India. Let's see if you can see it. Yeah. Called the Devi Mahatmyam. And see that? Maharaji signed it. Rama, 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 Rama. There was this period when we would give him all our books to sign, and he would just write Ram, Ram in them, you know. So, uh, so I had this a long time. And it's funny, I never read the whole English translation. And just today, for the first time ever, I've had this book 50 years? Oh my God, it can't be 50, 40 something years, 41 years, so 71, 81, 91, 2001, 2011, 10. 50. And I just read the last, today is the last day, and it's the, uh, the day when the, the Narayani Stuti is sung. And uh, this is the, uh, the, the puja's divided into three aspects of Durga, of Ambika, two aspects, three aspects. Mahalakshmi, Maha Saraswati, and Mahakali. And it's incredible the way the goddess takes all these forms to destroy the demons. And uh, it's really an amazing story. Um, so, this is the last, all the, with the mantras I'm going to sing for you now, I'm going to sing the complete Narayani Stuti, mostly is complete. Uh, all the mantras are to a specific form that the goddess takes to destroy the, 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 the bad guys, the, the big demons. Chanda, Chanda and Munda and uh, Shumba and Nishumba. Those are the first two. And, and Raktabija. Raktabija is a real big demon. And every time a drop of his blood hits the ground, another Raktabija manifest from every drop of blood hundreds of new demons equal in strength to the original show up you know and so that's why kali the ambika durga takes the form of kali and drinks the blood before it can hit the ground so that the demon can't keep replicating himself wow but that's why you see that form of Kali with the tongue hanging out, dripping with blood. It's not your blood or my blood, hopefully, but it's the demon's blood to prevent the demon from replicating itself again and again and again and being impossible to destroy. So Kali drinks the blood and Chandika, I think, 
shoots him with an arrow right in the heart or a dart right in the heart, something like that. Finally, his blood just, yeah. It's extraordinary. But of course, it's also exoteric and esoteric inside as well, so. So, let's see how this goes here. First verses, the first verses are prayers to the goddess. Be gracious and protect us, O queen of the universe. You're the, the queen of all that moves and that's unmoving. Om 
grena Antundaitya krododyame Trilokya trana sahinte Mahavajare Sahasranayano Jwale Vritta Prana Hare Chandre Vaduti Swarupena Patadatya Mahabale Gorurupe Maharave Kali 
Dinasti Daitya Tejansi Swanena Puriya Jaga Saganta Patuno Devi Apebhyo Nustanya Asura Shri Gavasa Pankha Charchitaste Karojwalaha Shubhai Khango Bhavatu Chandiketvam Ta-da! 
Like I've said before, I was blessed to be in the presence of real devotion, full on, pedal to the metal, no holding back. I never saw that on Long Island. when I was growing up. And what I met, what I saw in the temple during those Durga Puja times, 
just opened up a whole new thing, a whole new way of being. But you know, it takes time for us to allow that love to really show its face in our hearts. Our minds are eating us up alive. We're busy all the time, distracted. If we do get a chance to sit down for a minute or a few minutes or either half an hour or an hour, you know, not much happens. And on one hand, it's a question of how much we really want it. But on another hand, it's a question of what we know might be possible. I don't know. Being there in the temple, surrounded by beings who were filled with real love. Muharaj is sitting there smiling, laughing, throwing fruit, barking orders to the people who did things in the temple. Apparently, not concerned, not aware of what's going on, and yet everything was happening within him. The whole universe is within him. And we're all in that all the time. We could never be outside of that. It's not possible. Absolutely impossible not to be in, held within this vast presence. have to find a way to deepen our immersion in that flow of love that's always here. That's the only thing that matters, ultimately. Everything matters relatively, but without the love, It'll never be all right. Like that poem of Namdev, the great mystic poet. I got it somewhere here. Uh, anyway, he says, you know, I've, I've dived into the four Vedas and I extracted their meaning 
I've been with the yogis, and I, I've experienced their, what they experience. I know the joy of merging with the supreme beyond form. I've studied the four philosophies or the six philosophies and I, I got that down, no problema. But I've been saved from all this by the grace of the saints. The secret is the love. The secret is the love. And I guess that's what we felt around Maharaji. Because nothing mattered. Well, that's not, not nothing. There was a different perspective when we, we are with him. Even now, when he's not in the body, we can be with him. But when we are in that love, everything else is, the perspective changes. And when we're not in it, everything's a fucking problem. <laughs> But when we're in it, everything is dealable with. And the secret is that love. Questions. <clears throat> Can I turn up my voice when I'm speaking? Okay. Yeah, okay, so uh, here's when somebody's asking about when my mother came to India. Uh, <coughs> it was, I think it was in the late summer, in the rainy season, before Durga Puja. My mother and I had a very... what to say, difficult relationship. There was a lot of love, but difficult, stormy. But so anyway, she came to India because I was never coming home at that time. That was my feeling. So she came to India and uh, Maharaji gave her the name Yashoda, Krishna's mother. And he was very kind to her. I told her to bring the best uh, cashmere soft sweater she could find. And she brought a beautiful <coughs> maroon turtleneck, which is on all those pictures with the uh, blue blanket, the blue check blanket. You can see a red maroon turtleneck right here. And that's the sweater my mother brought him. And he took off the blanket, took off, and he put the sweater right on. 
and he starts abusing the, you know, teasing his Indian, you Indian devotees, you people, you come here, you live here, you see, come every day, and you never bring me anything. This woman come all the way from America, and look what she's brought me. That kind of stuff. Just playing. So, uh, so he told her, so one thing happened, so the last day in the temple, we're leaving, we're up in the mountains at Kenchi, and we're leaving for the plains, so we we're going to go to the Taj Mahal and a couple of other places, and then I was going to take her to the airport. So we walk across the bridge, leaving the temple. Now my mother's, she, the whole time we were in India, she had this look on her face like, She, you know, she was like, what's going on here, you know? So anyway, the last day, we're leaving the temple, going across the bridge. And then we walk up the steps, and we're on the road, which is higher than the temple. It's kind of temples down into the, down below, across the river. And we walk up to the car, and my mother opens the door to the car and she looks down into the temple and Maharaj is sitting there on the tucket. And she looks down at him and she breaks down and begins to cry like a baby. Weeping, weeping piteously. Just Full on, no holding back. She just completely fell apart. I literally had to catch her and help her into the car. She just completely lost it. And she cried for a long time as we drove out of the valley. That was the moment that her heart opened. Maharaji reached in and grabbed her heart. And she just crumbled. And so then the, the next instruction, the instructions he gave me were when I take her to the airport to put her on the plane, I'm to get down on my knees and and do arti to her. And do arti to her in the airport with the, the, the flame, you know, ordering the flame. And here, here's, I don't know how I have these things, but here's the picture. Let's see, let me get it. Uh, can you see that? Yes, you can. That's my mom. That's me. I don't know. Can you see the look on her face? That's Durga. Look at that. Uh, she looks so beautiful and she's so like radiating. I never saw her look like that ever. Yeah, so um, Durga Puja time. Today is a great day to look at that. So 
And she had a hard life. She suffered a lot. She was in a lot of pain emotionally. And, uh, but whenever somebody would come over to the house with me or something, visit her and say, you were in India, you met Maharaji? And she would start to talk about it. All the hard, all the crust would fall off. All the hard edges would soften. And she'd just like blossom like a flower for a while. And then, of course, all that stuff would come back. But he, he, he touched her. He, he, you know, he, he said to us, once I take your hand, I never let go. Even when you let go of mine. I mean, think about that. Who could make a promise like that? Who, only he who sits in our own hearts as the indwelling presence who is never away from us, not something or someone who comes and goes, but that which lives within us as our own true nature, that's who he is. And once he accepts us, once he takes us in, he never lets go. No matter how many times we run away, he never lets go. We may, we may not remember that much of the time. We may not experience that. But, you know, what do we know after all? We're like ants crawling around on the surface of the earth, worrying about this and worrying about that and grabbing this and grabbing that and making this and making that and going here and going there. It's very rare that we actually look up. But he is always with us. What did Maharaji mean when he said, worldly people don't die, not can't die, don't die? What he means is that the real death is the death of the ego. The death, the, the removal of the delusion of being a separate being. Me, you, him, that, her, that, this, that, that, that. Separate little bubbles. That's a delusion. Even Einstein calls it a delusion of consciousness. And that's what he meant. He said, worldly people who are not finished, who are not free, liberated, surrendered, don't die because they keep rebirthing again and again because they're still creating bodies for themselves with their desires and their unfinished karmas. He said, only Jesus died the real death, the death of the ego. That's what I meant by that. Oh, I'm sorry, Instagram people, my mom. I hope, can you see it? Hold on. I hope so. I can't see the screen, so I don't know if you're seeing it, but I think you are, I hope. Yes? Hello? That's in the airport in New Delhi when it was just like a big hangar, like a big a big goshala, a big cow hanger with, you know, it was very, 
very funky back in 72. <clears throat> What's my favorite English translation of the Ramayana? Well, Valmiki's Ramayana. There, there's there's many Ramayanas, many many versions of it. The original is Valmiki, and that's been translated many times and pretty much all the same, I think, because it's very specific. But the other Ramayana, the other version of the Ramayana, it's called the Ram Charnata Manasa, which is, means the, the Manasa lake, the, the lake, the mind-like lake of the stories of Ram. And every chapter is a deeper descent into the lake, into the mind, into the heart. And that's the devotional Ramayana, written by Tulsidas in the 1600s. And that is my favorite version of it. Uh, there's a number of translations of it. Uh, but uh, I'm used to the Gita Press. Uh, although Penguin India, I think it's Penguin India, had just put out a three-volume a three translation of the Ramcharitamanas. And I haven't read it yet. I've read some of it. The, the Gita Press is like Indian English. It was, it's, you know, like the original translation was like maybe 70 years ago, 60 years ago. And, and, uh, it's quaint, but it's, that's the one I grew up on. And I really love that. How do we let someone else know the flow of love is waiting for them too? We don't. That's not our job. Our job is to become that flow of love. And then everyone and everything that we meet gets the message they need to get. Uh, it's not our job to convert the masses. Convert yourself first. How does Judaism show up in my life today? Well, <clears throat> I love stories of the Baal Shem Tov, who's the original Hasid, a great, great, great saint. I don't mean to, I see him through my own perspective. I don't, not, you know, and if you read the stories of the Baal Shem Tov, which means the master of the good name. How can you go wrong? So uh, those are the kind of things I like to read about that. Otherwise, I don't have much, much going with Judaism these days. Other than that, which I include that, uh, there's some incredible stories about the Baal Shem Tov and how he brought the juice to the common people. And very, in some ways, very much like Buddha brought the Dharma out of the hands of the priests and into the 
to the common people. He brought, he didn't change a religion. Uh, he, didn't he didn't start something else, but he, well, in some ways he did, but he brought the juice of it out of the, the scholars to the, the common people and the joy of, of, God, the, of love of God. It brought that joy to people. It was incredible being. Can you tell us about Maharaji's personal story? Why all his pictures are leaning to one side? <laughs> you know, um, he was always moving. Sometimes he sat like this. A lot of times he laid down like this. Then he would lay down like this. And he would sit this way and that way, put up this leg, put up that leg. He was always moving. So there's pictures of him in all different. Uh, but they do say that all these motion, all these positions of his body, they say are mudras of the body. Our actual, you know, a mudra is a, a, is a mystical symbol. It's like a mantra of form. And mudras have different meanings and different, all kinds of, you know, all kinds of things. So they say that Maharaji's body was constantly performing mudras. And in response to, and that was the way he worked with people and worked with things that was, we were not aware of, but that he could see from billions of miles away. He could see everything. And the mudras one of the ways that he would remove suffering from people and cure diseases, do all kinds, everything he did, he did all, all kinds of ways. So that's why all the pictures are, he's got all these different shapes and forms. Well, yeah. The grape story. I don't even know what that is. Do I know that one is? No, I don't know the one you mean. <laughs> Somebody said, you know the one I mean, the grape story. And I don't know the one you mean. So what can I do? We can't protect ourselves from our own desires. We can't pretend that we're something we're not. We can't pretend that we're beyond wanting things, that we're beyond being hurt by things. Uh, somebody's asking a question about, you know, Maharaji sent me back to the West. What happened to me, I wouldn't wish on my worst enemy. <laughs> Maybe, you know, but, you know, because I came back and my desires just went, yippee, let's go. And, you know, it took a long time to kind of settle a little bit. Maybe, maybe it even hasn't happened yet. I don't know. So you can't protect yourself from your, from your life. Just get in there and 
try to stay connected to your your Ishta Devata, the the deity you worship or the guru that you you feel connected to. Try to stay with that, but you know you lose it, and it'll come back. You lose it again, it'll come back. You lose it again, come back. That's the way it goes. It best to travel to India to visit places like Kenshi and experience sort of like, is it best? Are you asking me? Is it best to travel to India to visit places like Kenshi and Vrindavan? Um, if you are called there, if it's something you feel you have to do, do it. If you don't, don't. It's not best. What's best is you finding out what you need to do for your life in your life. Uh, there's nothing over there that's not over here because it's all inside. And going there, you can get superficially happy for a while because you've left all the bullshit behind you temporarily, but you brought your own bullshit with you, which will catch up to you sooner or later. So, you know, I'm not one for going places, although I like to go places all the time. But... uh, if you feel called to go, you have to listen to that. That's all I can say. Oh, the oh, the grape story. That story. What did you want to know about that? Where is that question? Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wondering, somebody's wondering if my desires are less than they used to be and asking if I have any remaining struggle with addictions. Well, raising cookies is a big problem for me. I deny myself them, but I miss them. Raisin cookies. They don't make them anymore, really. The way Nabisco used to make, there were these flat raisin cookies with raisins inside, these two little, you know, they don't make them anymore. So, so I'm lucky that way. It's You can't get addicted to something that's not manufactured anymore. But there are some places where you can order them from out of the country. Um, I don't know if my desires are less or whether I'm just too fucking old to do anything about them. That's all I can tell you. (laughs) Sorry. Yeah. What experience in my life made the most impact in my life? Getting born was a big deal. I'm still working on Everything that started. You can tell I'm in a little bit of a mood, huh? Getting born. If we didn't get born in a body with these with this stuff going on, you know, things would be very different. But we are, and now we have to deal with it.
There's no escaping suffering. That's the number one truth. This world is filled with it. We can develop a way to live in the world that that changes our the way we react to difficult and painful circumstances. For most of us, our primary concern is how do I feel now? And why do I feel this now? And how can I feel better now? That's pretty much how we go through our whole lives, wondering, you know, obsessing about our own state of mind and our own feelings. And it's that flow of obsession that invites all the suffering. We're always judging, evaluating, pushing away, holding on to, trying to dial in more pleasure and less pain because we, that's, we want that. That's what we want. And uh, unfortunately, we're not running the show in terms of what's happening to us, what, what shows up in our lives. Eventually, we might be able to get a, a bit of a vote as to how we meet these very painful circumstances. But if we're just going to continue to be big babies, and when something hurts, you know, just try to run away from it, then we're not going to develop the kind of strength and resilience that we really need and we really want and we really can develop. Somebody said, um, you fear losing the presence. You can lose it. You'll always be here wherever you are. It's just that your vision is consumed by the external. And you're lost in your emotions about things. And you're afraid that you'll lose the presence. You can't lose the presence. You don't own it. It's not, it's not yours to own. It owns you. And that presence never leaves us because it's our own true nature. But we don't have the ability yet to see that deeply in ourselves. So... That's what we need to develop. And all it is is selfishness. When we don't like the way things are, when we're hurting, all we're doing is thinking about ourselves. And that just shows you that you think you're the most important thing in the universe and that the people around you are nothing and you don't care about them. You think you do. You think you hurt because the people around you might be suffering. But really, it's just you wanting to get away from the pain. You don't care about them. You care about your own self and your own feelings. So that's something to let go of. 
and stop thinking about ourselves all the time. I remember once I had a kind of a nervous breakdown and somebody described it more as a tantrum, <laughs> like a baby, not getting what they wanted. You throw a tantrum. That's about the level we're at a lot of the time. Everything we need is within us. We don't have to go anywhere to find it. We do have to find a way to drop an anchor into the ocean. Otherwise, the boat is just blown around one way all around with no, no ability to hold itself in place. So the name, the repetition of the name is an anchor. Chanting, japa, quiet meditation on the name. These are the things that will bring us back from the edge again and again. Is there a book you can purchase with all the Devi Pujas? You know, I don't really know. Just look for, the name of the book is the, the Durga Sapta Sati. Here's, you can see the name here. Or the Devi Mahatmyam. Sri Durga Sapta Sati. I think Ramesh Menon has put it, has put out a book about uh, Devi Bhagavat, which are all the stories of the goddess, which is really what you're interested in rather than just this, these mantras. But there's all these stories, and it's called the Devi Bhagavata, just like the Bhagavatam. So the Devi Purana also. There's uh, a lot of stories about the goddess like that. What is something that you'd want to pass on to someone in their 20s that you've realized now now that would help them progress on their spiritual journey? Well, I don't know about talking to anybody else, but if what I would tell myself uh, as a 20-something, I would say, 
buddy, it's going to be a hell of a ride. There's going to be ups. There's going to be downs. There's going to be times when you think you're going to be happy forever. And there's going to be times when you think that you will never get out of the black hole. But keep breathing. Everything changes. And uh, take it easy. Don't be hard on yourself if you can help it. That's about it. Yeah, there you see, uh, I guess Nina or somebody put it in the uh, chat. Ramesh Menon, Devi Bhagavatam retold. Uh, somebody's asking about a book that Bob Thurman mentioned recently uh, during the, the, our think at Menla. It was a book, it's on my reading list. It's called Agora, A-G-H-O-R-A, Agora, by Robert Swoboda, Dr. Robert Swoboda. There's three volumes, three different, one, two, and three. You start with one. It's uh, intense. There's no hold bars, no holds barred. It's full on. It's uh, not. It's not for most of us kindergartners. It's a. It's the advanced course. But you know, uh, some of it's a little bit out there. Very intense tantric stuff. Doing practices in graveyards, sitting on corpses, left hand tantra which is practices that are developed to really cut through the ego, really crush and cut the ego. And not everybody is ready for that. I am not. Um, Somebody's asking about a mantra that you say throughout the day. Uh, when Maharaji was saying like sukha dukkha, sukha dukkha, that's not a mantra. And he was not saying that as a mantra throughout the day. Uh, that's not a mantra. That he was just, I don't know what he was doing, but that's not a mantra. I wouldn't do that as a mantra. Any of the names is good to say throughout the day, of course. Pain, isn't pain an illusion? Someone's asking. Hmm. Well, it's as real as you think you are. So when you stub your toe or when you're cutting tomatoes and you slice off the tip of your finger, is that an illusion? What you feel? It's as real as you think you are. If you knew that you were not the body, if you fully realized what the body is, then that would not bother you. But I don't think we're there, are we? 
We can't pretend. When you stub your toe and bash your foot or break your leg and you're in agony, is that an illusion? Well, maybe for somebody who's such an advanced practitioner that they don't identify with the sense input, but that's not for us. So don't play mind games with stuff. That's not helpful. It's very, very destructive to play mind games with yourself, thinking, you know, it's all an illusion. I don't need anything. Of course you do. You have to eat. You have to sleep. You need a place to sleep. We need lots of stuff. So in relative reality, which is this world, things appear real. And that's where we're living. It's not useful to say, well, this is only relative reality. No. If you did severe, really powerful practice for enough time and really penetrated into the, into what is reality and what's real and what's not real, then you might be in a position to question how real is this stuff that we see and feel and touch and but most of us are not in that position at this point. So be here now and deal with what arises the best you can. Don't try to talk yourself out of feeling things. It's really not healthy. How much time does it take to feel the divine energy when you, when I start meditating or anybody starts meditating? When I haven't felt it yet, so I don't know. I'll tell you, it's been 50 years. So I'll let you know. How do I know? What kind of a, and what, what divine energy are you talking about? I don't even know what you mean. You feel a little quiet, a little calm, less anxious, more centered. I'll take that any day over the general craziness of running around all day long. And even calling it divine energy pisses me off. That implies it's divine and you're not. You are divine. Divine lives within you as your own true self, not who you think you are. It's not something else that you get. Between Brahma, Vishnu, and Mahesh, Shiva, whose puja chanting should we do? I have no idea. Do what you want to do. That was the instructions I got from Maharaji as I left India for the last time when I was with him, the last time in the body. He said, do what you like. So that's what I've been doing. And... It wasn't always a lot of fun, but it's led me to really finding what I like. And it turns out that that's chanting. Crazy, huh? I'm not doing this because somebody told me to do it. I'm doing this because I like doing it. And I feel it's good for me. That's mind-blowing to me. 
that I could actually do something that wasn't destructive, like most of my life. But as far as Brahma, Vishnu, and Shiva, what's the difference and what should we do? And I have no clue. And I mean, I suppose, thank you for thinking I might have a clue. That's nice of you. But I'm sorry to say. Krishnamurti has said that chanting makes the mind dull. <laughs> well, what can I say? Who am I to say anything about Krishnamurti? I guess chanting made his mind dull, but it makes no sense to me. Of course, there's a, you know, uh, it depends. You know, practices can be, you can misuse practices in the sense that you you use them to put yourself to sleep and not pay attention to things. So it's a very subtle thing, whether your neurosis is going to take over the practice and put more coverings on your heart and more egos and more, more, more roles and more stuff around your heart, bury it even deeper, or whether some awareness is going to come and some openness. So that's a question for each one of us to ask ourselves as we try to find a practice and do a practice to help ourselves. And really only we know for ourselves. I don't, unless you meet a great being who can tell you who you trust. Uh, but otherwise, we have to figure it out for ourselves. And you ask, is that something to worry about? Only if you like to worry. If you like to worry, it would be a very nice thing to worry about. But if you don't like to worry, there's no sense worrying about it. It's not an issue. We are so lost at sea. Any little bit of trying to find the shore is a big thing. So I wouldn't worry about whether you're heading right to the shore or you're heading like sideways to the shore or backwards to the shore, do some practice. Okay. Bhagavate Pavamananda Om Namo Bhagavate Anjani Nandanaya 
Om Namo Bhagavate Pavamananandanaya Om Namo Bhagavate Anjani Nandanaya Shri Guru Charan Saroja Raja Chamano Mukur Sudhari Varano Raghuvar Bhimalajasu Chodaya Palachar Buddhihin Tanujanke Sumeram Pavan Kumasyara Alabuddhividya Tehumohi Karahukalesa Bekar Chavararam Chandapadjesharana Yanuma can a guna saga, take a piece of the loca uja. Ramduta to little baladam, Anjani put upon the sutanam. Have a becrum bajarang, Matinevar, Sumatikesang. Kanchanavarana virat subesa Kanana kundala kunchita kesa Atbajurur dvaja viraja Kandemu jajane usaja Shankara suvan kesari nanda Eja pratap Guni Atichatu, Ramakaja Karibeko Atu, Kabucharit Sunibeko Rasi, Ramalakana Sita Manabasi, Sukhmarupa Darasiya in the cow, Ikatarupa Daralanka Jarao, Bimarupa Dare Ramachandra ke kaj sovar Ay sajivan lakan jiyay Shri Raghubir harshi uralay Raghupati kini ohut baray Tumamama priya varatay sumabay Sahas badan tumaroja sagawan Asaka Shri Pati Kanta Lagav Sanakadika Brahmadi Munisa Narada Sharada Saita Ahisa Yamakubera Digapal Jahante Kabikobidakai Sake Kahante Tuma Upakar Sugriva Inkina Rama Melaya Rajapadadina Maro mantra bibishana mana Rankeshwara pai sabajagajan Gasahasra jojana paraban Ilyota imatur palajan Fabhu mudrika mele mukamahi Chaladilangi gaye achara jinnahi Udagama kaja jagata kejete Sugama nugrat marete Ramaduare tumarakovare Otana agya binupeza 
शुक्लाहे आड़ी शरण तुम्हारा चक्काहू कोदर आपन तेर समारो आपे तीनों लोग कहाँ कतिंग काम पे उत्पीसाशन कठन ही आवे महावीर जब नाम सुना नासेरोग हरे सब पीरा चपत निरंतर अनुमत बीर संकटते अनुमान चुरावे मन क्रम भजन दाम जोला सब पाराराम सब स्वीराज तीन के काज सकल तुम साज और मनोरत जो को विलावे सोवे अमित निर्वन पल पावे चारों युग पर ताप तुम्हारा है पड़से जगत उज्जैन साधु संत के तुम रखवारे असुरन कंडन राम दुलार अष्ट सिद्धिनों निधिके दाता असवर दीना जान की माता राम रसायन तुम्हारे पास सदा रहो भूपति के दाता तुम्हारे बजन राम को पावे जन्म जन्म के दुख बिसराए अंतकाल रघुवर पुड़ जाए जहाँ जन्म हर भक्त कहाँ और देवता चिट्टन दरे हनुमत से सर्व सुख करे संकट कटे में ते सब फिर जो सुमेरे हनुमत बलबीर ए जे जे हनुमान गुसाई कृपा करो गुरुदेव किनाई जो सत्तो बार पाठ कर कोई चुते ही बंदी महासुखोई जो यह पर हनुमान चली सा तो या सिद्धि साकी गाड़ी सा तुलसीदास सदा हरिचेरा कीजे नाथ अर्द्ध मंदिर अवंतनाय संकटहरना मंगल मूर्ति रूप सियारा आमलकन सीता सहिता अर्द्ध बसुरबु सियावर राम चंद्र पद जेशरनम Mangalamurti Martananda Sakala Mangalamulanekanda Mangalamurti Martananda Sakala Mangalamulanekanda Om Namo Bhagavate Havamananda Naya Om Namo Bhagavate Anjani Nandanaya Om Namo Bhagavate Avamana Nandanaya Om Namo Bhagavate 
about a path at all is only because of the great beings that have gone before us out of their love out of their kindness they left some footprints for us to follow so in the same way that they wish for us in the same way that they wish for us we wish that all beings everywhere all of us be safe be happy that all beings have good health and enough to eat and may we all live in peace that ease of heart in our lives that ease of heart Ah. Uh... 